Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. It is July 8th. Man. And I, have, was. and I have Ellen back in the studio this week. She left the hills of North Carolina <laughs> and, the, and the wild turkeys. Wasn't it turkeys or was that a couple? Yeah, we had not as many as we used to have, but there are turkeys out there. I wonder, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's not funny. It's sad. But I wonder if, you know, when you said we don't have as many as we used to, um, I wonder if it's because there are more people on the road. Oh, no, no. They just, um, they go to another house that has better food. Uh, they're oh, okay, still around. Okay. They're still around. <laughs> yes. They're just not visiting. There, there are one or two that, that come to visit, but for the most part, I see them down the road. See them at my brother's house. They they have they have a circuit they make, and, <laughs> <laughs> and they, you know it's the, where the food is the best. You know the the funny thing is, is I was watching Marcy's uh, social media and social media, and there was I guess you had a party with all kind of stuff, and she was. I don't know if it was on Snapchat or whatever, but she was spanning all the desserts, and there was no red velvet cake. No, there wasn't. Yeah, and I said to her, I said, what's up with that? And she was like, I don't know. Oh, well, you know what? It would have been a nightmare because I would have had to make it. Oh. I had to make the rest of the stuff. And, you know, my mother turned 90. Right. So she can't really do a whole lot anymore, but she, she's so still. The red velvet yeah, cake. well, yeah. she likes yeah. to command everything. So, yeah. but she can't remember what she's told me to do. So she tells me over and over yeah. and over. So it it can get interesting. So I'm I'm really kind of glad I didn't have to make that cake. Yeah, yeah. Because I said to her, I said, "What's a what's a cake? What, what's a party up in the hills without red velvet cake?" And she's like, "I'm I'm leaving," because she I I think she didn't even recognize it until I said it. Like yeah. she was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> what's up with no, that?" There the there cake? were a lot of cakes. Yeah, oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah, just not a red velvet cake, but that's okay. But you know something, it must have been good to be up there with family and to you know um, have. You know, and, and we can tie this into everything that we talk about, you know. Um, it must be great to be able to be with family and not have to worry about the madness of addiction or the the chaos that it brings. I mean, everybody carries their own plate to a party, but... Right, and it, it was it was fabulous. Uh, yeah. Both of my kids were there. You know, a lot of their cousins were there. A cousin that um, I don't know real well because uh, my aunt back in the 60s got pregnant when she wasn't married and he was adopted. Uh, and oh, he yeah. found us. So he oh. came and brought his son, who I hadn't met. Those those, those things are always cool. Oh, I mean, yeah. It, it was can be fabulous. Awkward, but I mean, it's... No, I mean, we'd met before. <clears throat> oh, okay. All right. It wasn't like you just no, met and, him. No, and I, I've talked to him for years, you know, and I knew about him, but I just yeah. didn't know where he was because they wouldn't tell you. So he found us, and it, you know it's it's been really cool, and and you know he looks like his brother and <laughs> acts like his brother, so it's it's really neat. And how old is he? He's fifty four. Oh, okay, all right. So yeah, it it was it was fabulous. Um, one of the cousins had had a little baby boy, and she brought him, and she named him after my grandfather, and 
That's cool. You know, everybody was yeah. holding the baby, and I was saying, please take pictures when Marcy's with them, because I want grandchildren. I don't and, have any yet. And the trouble and the troubles of the world at that point were gone. Right. Yeah. You're right. It's just you know, yeah. it's been a, several years since all of us could be together like that. And it, it was it was amazing. It really was, and I think it made my mother happy. And I put a lot of pictures on Facebook just so that she could see how many people. Yeah really did like seeing it. And it you know, it was good for me because both of my children could be there and get along and not be right, you know, in that And the funny thing is is that when you when you look at your kids, I mean, you know, like in 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 photos, um I would have to say the one who has changed the most isn't your daughter. It's yeah. your son. Right. You know, he 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 because remembering him back when he was a kid uh, bigger than me as a kid, um, he looks like a young man now that, mm-hmm. I mean, outside of the pants he was wearing. <laughs> oh, the pants, yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started no, on the but, baggy pants. But I, but I get it. You know, but he, he looks like he has grown the most out of. I really you think know, he has. You know, yeah. he's, he's completely on his own, which is, yeah. you know, that's good. Uh, not that that he's real happy with where he is, but he's, you know, he's working toward yeah. it. Yeah. He's working toward. He needs adventures. He hasn't really yeah. had adventures yeah. in life yet, and I think he would like to. No, but it was it was cool. You know, it was cool to see to see that. You know, and when you know, granted, we we miss you sitting here for the hour, but when life takes over and and you go and visit family like that, the funny thing is, is for the longest time, um, I would find excuses to shy away from that. Mm-hmm. Even when I was clean, you know, and I don't know if it was that I wasn't ready to fully accept my piece of, of what I had done. Right. You know, I mean, I made my amends like right away and, you know, people accepted them right away because that's what we do. We're Irish and we just forget about it and and keep going. Uh, you know, like that, like, uh, like Matt Damon said in that um in that movie, *The Departed*, you know, if anything goes bad, you're the one that's going to have to leave because <laughs> I'll stay in dysfunction for the rest of my life. So, you know, we just functionally just said, yeah, everything's okay. But I think maybe down somewhere down inside, it still bothered me the way that I treated my family, that the way that I disrespected not myself. I mean, I, I'm okay with disrespecting myself because I can always. You know, muddle through that. It was it was more so how I disrespected my my family name and my family itself. And I I want to say for the longest time, I would shy away. I would go, but I wouldn't be a productive member of that party. Right. And um, you know, I'm grateful today that I've processed through that. And we don't do many functions like that. Um, but if there was one, I would be the first one to you know, fly there and, and make sure that I was a productive member of it because because without them, I wouldn't have what I have. You know, without their acceptance of me, you know, muscling through a, a, a half-hearted um, I'm sorry and, 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 you know, not having to repeat I'm sorry again, um, 
you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to grow without them. Well, I think there's a little bit of comparing yourself to the success of others when maybe you haven't quite achieved what you think you should. Mm-hmm. And you look at them. I mean, I have my family is full of attorneys and some of right. them are second and third generation attorneys. And, you know, my kids look at them and say, well, you know, I'll, I'll never. Yeah, I'll never be that good. But then when they actually, you know, they, they did a cousin night. I I went with them because I was the designated driver. But um they, when they did the cousin night, that's when they realized, hey, they're just people, and they they yeah, like yeah. me, and we're yeah. friends, and uh-huh. you know this is really cool. But it, it it's interesting the dynamic to and me. I, the funny thing is, is some of the people who are scrapping for pieces of life are the ones that are more grounded, right? You know, and. I'm grateful for for the, the my family's groundedness, you know. And you you know you say you you look around and you and you try to um, see what others have that you don't, or you know. I mean, it's just a it's just a, a human reaction or a human response to um, what you're looking at. And you know, I can proudly say I'm the only one of my brothers and sisters that's retired. No, right? really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, see, all so of mine are, but me. still working, yeah. <laughs> and I'm the eldest, and I'm going to be working forever, but that's okay, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we all have to do what we have to yes. do, you know? But it was, uh, it was very interesting. The last one, I think, uh, Marcy was actually in jail, and my son made sure the cousins knew that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I had said yeah. something like, oh, she couldn't make it, which wasn't, you know, it's not a lie. Yeah. Um, yeah, she absolutely couldn't make it. Yeah, she had something else she had to do. Yeah. So when he went out with them, he told them. And, you know, of course, they told. And so then everybody knew. And my mother's getting phone calls. But you know what? There's no reason to lie about it. No, and this time she was there. Right, you and she I mean? she's so, doing well. Yeah. She looks good. She's yep. she's doing well, and and mm-hmm. you know they can see that. Yeah, she may have had a problem then, but she's okay now. You can get better. And they could, you know, it, like they say, you know, um, always be always be aware of your um, your own personal focus because you never. I don't know how to say it properly, but always be aware of your own. Per- you know, personal focus because you never know who is watching. Right. You know, so there may there may be a cousin a couple of years ago that was like, <laughs> she's in she's in jail, and yeah. this year they see her out and they see her doing well, and and it may just put them on the right path without even have to having to say anything because she walked through it and yeah, and she's yeah. come out the other side and she's she's. A winner now. She's really doing well, and there there is nothing quite like that, you know. Because you know, people come up to me and go, "Is she okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, go talk to her. She's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah. She doesn't have a disease. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. fine. Yeah, but, you know, but they she might do your me, hair. Though. Yeah, but they did that. They did that to me. Too, yeah, they they I, kind I, yeah. of shy around you until they realize you're okay. Yeah. You really are okay. You're yeah. not that person anymore. Yeah, you know, you've you've managed to get it under control and move past it, and it, it, that takes some doing. You know, so speaking of speaking of that, I watched. Uh, you know, of course it's Hollywood, but I watched that movie again last night that I haven't seen forever. I and I intentionally turned it on. The man with the golden arm with uh, with Frank Sinatra. It's an, it's, I think it was made in like 1955, and he he was a heroin addict that went away, came back, 
uh, learned how to play the drums, and he had all he had the aspirations of being a drummer, um, and fell back into being uh, a card dealer. Ultimately, fell back into doing heroin again because he walked back into his same shoes, right? Same neighborhood, same people, same bar, same job. Boom, of course, right? right? You don't. You don't see that. I mean, I don't want to say you don't see that, but I don't think a normal person watching that movie would have that in their mind. Right. As he, as it folded out, I, I mean, granted, I saw it before, but as it folded out, I knew what was happening next. Right, because you know, one be- you one know better it. than most. How yeah, one that because happens. I walked it, and two because he stepped back into that pattern as soon as he came home he had all the aspirations and i remember myself having a, you know being clean for you know a couple days and um having all the aspirations of doing the right thing and it never never happening because i i stepped back into that right. ghost that i left yeah no i can see that i i can Easily see how something like that can happen, especially if you if you haven't been you know sober clean for a, you know right. a long time. You know maybe now I don't think you'd have a problem if you stepped back into the same spot. But but see but that but that's the difference. I it wouldn't one it wouldn't be me stepping back into that same spot because I would be putting myself in harm's way. I would have no business going back. And following the same pattern that I did time right. and time again, I may I may happen to be in the same location or in the same, um, you, you know, like at a, at a wedding or something like that. And there are people that are there that I that I used with or something like that. But it, it is in no way the same pattern. So I, I, I was, I was, he intentionally put himself back in that neighborhood and dealt cards because he knew what the ultimate out, outcome was. His disease was grabbing him right, right back to. So the disease pulled yeah. him back in. And, and like, like with everybody else. Right. Until, until we can get out of our own way, d- does that cycle get broken? Yeah. You keep going back and going back and going back mm-hmm. because you're being pulled yeah. by something that's very, very, very strong. And I guess. When you say getting out of your own way, I guess that's the only way to do it. Yeah, and no matter how much time you, I know people who have left my city and had four, five, six, seventeen years clean. Um, something happens; they come home and they get high. Really? They, yeah. Just go right back to it. Yeah, and wow. it's it, it, you know it's it, it's it's that cunning that you know uh, you you don't deal with. You don't deal with your wreckage and you run, you can stay clean. Yeah, but you haven't had that, that very important shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The shift in, in your, I don't know, attitude, thinking, what is it? What shift? Uh, well, I don't necessarily know if it's, if it's like I said, a pattern. Like when I, when I got clean, um, I kept going right back to the same spot, expecting a different result. But I got the same result until I went, and said, okay, I gotta stop going to that spot. You gotta drive by that spot today. And and I, I was able to, even though I wanted to to stop, I was able to go 
a different way, get a different way out of the out of you know the city or whatever. But if I would have taken off and went to California and came back X amount of time, whatever time later, I never dealt with right. walking through that spot. You know, and I, I mean, I, I'm just I'm just saying. For me, I, I don't know. Gratefully, I, I gratefully I dealt with it there, but I, I I have seen people go away, get good amounts of clean time, come home for some sad reason. You know, your your parents die, or you know something. You lose your job. You have to come back home, and you fall right back into that same pattern. Oh, do you think the sad reason has anything to do with it? Um, no, that's 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 part of the excuse. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, um, that's why I said sad reason. I mean, uh, you know, we, we can, when when we haven't dealt with our, um, the, the thing that keeps drawing us back, mm-hmm. then, you know, no matter, no matter how much distance you put between yourself in that, in that draw, as soon as you find yourself near that drawer again, you're going to get pulled back in. Well, how do you deal with it? What do you need to do to deal with it? I, I don't I, um, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't necessarily know, like, um, what I was, I, like I said, I reached my saturation point. I knew if I went back to that same stoop again, um, I was going to use. But I also knew that this was the city that I grew up in and this is the city that I have to function in. Right. If I leave and ultimately run away from everything that it did in this city, what good does that do me? You know, what good does that do anyone who say, uh, Marcy was going to, Georgia or whatever or wherever it was that she went and she ran away with the cable guy, right? She ran down yeah, the road with Georgia. the cable guy. <laughs> yeah. or, or even, you know, because because Who just the, happened to be a meth guy. Well, yeah, yeah. Just just so happens that a meth guy was working for the yeah. cable company. Um that's what that's what we're up against today. But uh, you know, if you don't if you don't deal with what's going on in your own backyard, and, and I don't mean I don't mean physically. I mean, like saying, if you don't get out of your own way, if you don't deal with what's going on in your own backyard, and you run away from it, you're always going to come back to a mess in your in your yard. Yeah, I just I think that's the hardest part for a lot of people is being able to to deal with it. I mean, do you even know what it is, or are you yeah, just medicating I, something? No, I think I think if if you've hit your if you've hit your spot of enough is enough. If you've hit your saturation point, I think I think you know. I mean, I I, I want to say that for the longest time, I knew that um, it was get out of my own way or die, and I really wasn't sure which angle I wanted to go. And fortunately enough, um, I was kind of pushed out of my own way. And uh, here I am today to talk about it. But if if I didn't deal with it, I probably still would have been running that cycle, and my choice would have been to die. Yeah, because I would have, at that point, you know, with with, with with some kind of clarification of thought, 
said, I'm never going to be able to do this. Yeah, so it wins, yeah. which is the ultimate goal of the yeah. disease of addiction. I, I don't know if everybody consciously, I don't know if everybody consciously says it wins and they die, but I think that, you know. Um, That's what happens. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it is fatal, if not arrested. Oh, no, very much so. Very much so. It's. I, I still have a fatal disease that I'm walking around with, you know. One that you've been able to manage, though, and that's that's the difference. It is yeah. manageable. It doesn't have to kill you. Yeah. But you, but it's it's just difficult. We'll take your calls at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. When Ellen and I return on the Miracles and Recovery radio show, we'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. If you have anything you want to comment, you want to share your experience, strength, and hope. And um, just to give a shout out to China. <laughs> China, China, China won. China overtook uh, Ireland in last week's ratings. I mean, of course, United States you know, blows everybody away, but, but China overtook Ireland and Ireland's usually our, uh, second listen, second most listened to audience. So. Yeah. You know, thank you, you very much for listening. We yeah, appreciate it. Thank you, it. China. But if you're Irish, tell your neighbor, <laughs> they better stop listening. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we were, t- you know, we were talking about, 
um, you know, family and this and that. And it's, it's good to be able to be comfortable enough to be able to sit in a group like that and to be able to face the questions that people have, like you said, you know, is she all right? Is she all right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's good to be able to proudly say she absolutely is. He absolutely is. They're absolutely doing the right thing. Yes, it really, really is, because for so many years, I couldn't. And for so many years, you know, you, you don't know what to say, what not to say. You know, I never tried to hide it, but my mother did, because, yeah. you know, there there was the extended family, you know, the attorneys and all that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, that's those aren't people, yeah, I mean, that's... They, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's... They have, I think they have a jaded view of, of uh, what it is that we deal with anyway. Oh yeah, you know because they're dealing with the they're dealing with the bad end of it. They're dealing with a lot of bad element. Well, yeah, and uh, one of my brothers was a judge, right. so of course, you know his his whole idea is the best thing that can happen to him is to throw him in jail, and that's the only way. Right. And you know, I I disagree with him, but you know he he saw a lot of people, and he said some of them would well, actually come up to in him Alaska, later. right? Yeah, yeah. So he must have saw a lot of. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he actually said he had people that he put in prison that would come back later and say thank, and thank you. Him. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm okay. I just wanted you to see that. Yeah. You know, it, it takes a lot, but I'm okay. Yeah, and you know that the the cool thing about that is is they've they ultimately dealt with uh, what it was that kept putting them back in front of your brother. Right. Exactly. You know? And and that and that's and that's the reward. You know, if if uh, he put hundreds, you know, thousands, uh, however many. And if two or three come back and say thank you, mm-hmm. he's done his job. He said there were actually quite a few that. But came I'm just back saying, you know you. what I mean? Yeah. Like he he's done his job. I had a, a cousin who was ultimately the the mayor of the city, and he and he he left being the mayor to take a judgeship, and um, he was stern mm-hmm. but fair, and there were he would say that there was a lot of people that came back and thanked him. A lot of families. You know, he helped save a lot of families, right. and and that's you know the bad thing is as you look at it, uh, this this thing on the news about this the uh, the cops getting asked to leave um, Starbucks. Starbucks, like come on, it, but those six police officers have probably done a lot to save families. Sadly, by arresting family members, but they've done a lot to save families and give them the benefit of hopefully recovery someday. And you know, they're not getting their their, their just rewards. Judges aren't getting their just rewards. I mean, and and they're. I mean, granted, there there are. You know, there's always that certain percentage that are just mean. You know, they're always at that certain percentage of police off. Right. You know, every, right. bad you eggs know, everywhere. Bad eggs everywhere. Um, those those bad eggs stain everyone. Right. You know, like like with 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 addicts, those bad eggs stain everyone. I mean, my my um, my use and abuse could have stained anybody in my family that followed me because I already drove you know, a wedge through whatever anybody had to try to help me with, you know? Um, So in my community, somebody would look at me as, you know, a vagrant and and a second-class citizen at that point where I was, and then their child would start using. And they would understand. 
they would understand, but they still had me as the example. You know what I mean? So, so fortunately enough, I got to get clean in my own city and set that example. Right. You know, because when I was out there using hopeless, helpless, loveless, all of that stuff, I was I was one of the bad eggs. I was one of the bad examples. When I got clean, it took a little while, but people were saying, "Wow, why can't you be like Ray?" Yeah, you know. Well, if, if Ray can do it, then anybody should be able to, right? Because that you know that's that's the hard part is turning when you have made the shift mm-hmm. is really turning people's attitudes around. Right. It's and the, the only you know, way you can do that is not, just to continue to be an example and exactly. understand. It's not going out in the newspaper saying, hey, I did this, I did that, I got this. When I, when I see people that do that, I shiver. Mm-hmm. Because all it takes is one bad decision for any one of us who have any amount of clean time. Um to be that bad example again. Right. See, and I, I told think there's you also a little bit of the look at me, you know, I'm special. Yeah. That some of you guys do tend to have wanting to be the well, center of attention. And- I think we I think we all do um, at at some different level. You're going to hear a little growling here. The dogs are... Uh, <laughs> there, there's a little dog fight going on over here. <laughs> okay, there was... Uh, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he had he grabbed his phone and he looked at this app, and it's called um, Key Tag for NA is what it was what the app's called. So I asked him, I said, "Well, how much how much time do you have now?" We were talking about him getting clean and you know doing the right thing, and he pulls out his phone. He goes, "I'll tell you exactly." <laughs> so he hits. So it counts he, the days for you, huh? Or the years, months, years. Uh, yeah, it it counts days. So he says, I'll tell you exactly. He said, um, he showed me, he goes, I have 83 days. I said, what's the name of the app? So he says, key tag for NA. I, I download it. And, uh, I says, oh, okay, cool. So I'm looking at the app right now. I have 11,087 days. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You have to divide that by three hundred. Yeah, February twenty eighth, nineteen eighty nine. You know that just shows you that it works. I'm I, and I'm not saying that to I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that because I still have to remind myself on a daily basis that um, you know drugs and alcohol are my friend because if they were, I wouldn't have eleven thousand eighty seven days clean. Right. You know. What is the significance of keeping track of it that closely, though? Because. You know, I know in the um, the anonymous fellowships, that's very, very important. It's big, very significant. You know, you do the 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 uh, chip or the key key tag at the end of every meeting to see you know who has how much time. But in you know, for example, my daughter couldn't begin to tell you. She can give you an approximate idea of when she stopped, mm-hmm. but she's not tracking the time. Well, I got a I got a, a friend of mine that. Uh, you know, he's a friend of mine. I mean, granted that, you know, people take uh, other people for sponsors and stuff like that. And he doesn't, re- he remembers that it's around his daughter's birthday. He doesn't remember the exact date. So he just picked one. 
right? Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure she will. Someday she will just to be able to um, validate. I guess you know what I mean. Like I, I don't. It, it's not. It's not for anything other than my own personal remembrance of the day that that I chose not to. Yeah, but it's such a big kill deal. Myself. You know, in in yeah. my fellowship, we do the opposite. You don't ever tell anybody how much time you've got in the fellowship because some people may still seem kind of crazy. And a newcomer would come in and go, "She's been in here yeah. for fifty years, and she's still that crazy." Well, I, I, I guess it's me. I guess it's a, I guess it's a double edged sword with uh, because there's some people that are whacked out of their minds that in NA and AA and EIEIOA that you know they say, "Oh, I have seventeen, eighteen years," and you go, "Ah, well, I don't want that." <laughs> you know? well, that was that was. <laughs> That was the fear, I guess. Uh, well, you know, it's because we're not actually stopping, you know, a substance abuse. We're trying to stop crazy behavior. Yeah. In reaction to it. In reaction to or, it. And yeah. trying to control it. But yeah, you know. completely different. Completely, you know, it's funny. They they both follow the same parallel, mm-hmm. but it's completely different. Um, oh yeah. Totally. Reasoning. Reasoning totally. what? Yeah, you can't control this. You can't. You didn't cause it. You can't control it, and you can't cure it. So you just got to back away. But also in the same in the same token, I could use that. Right. I mean, I didn't cause it. I didn't. I can't control it. And what's the what's the can't cure it. Can't cure it. So I could use that as well. I, I the causal effect of my use put a lot of stuff on my family, which. Um, you know, fortunately enough, didn't have to. I mean, uh, we we had a lot. We had a lot of addiction in our family, so I think we kind of all muddled through it together. Well, it's you know, for for the family member, it's frightening because you know the, the behaviors are out of control. You know, you you can die. I mean, that's the bottom line. So what you do is you try your best to control it, even though you can't. But you, you know, that's that's the natural reaction. I've got to control this so you know they won't get in trouble anymore, or they they won't die, or you know they won't wreck their car, or they won't steal my money. I'm trying to control the uncontrollable. But coming from a family now, I'm, I'm uh, coming from a family who, like like your family, this was thrown. This you know there was a bomb thrown into the mm-hmm. living room. My family, that bomb was thrown into the living room many generations before. Right. So, uh, well, I don't want to say many generations before, but many decades before. So, I think that while we were dealing with, you know, both my parents were were, were alcoholics. Right. Right. My my dad, I'm not sure. I, I, I think because he was sickly, he had to stop drinking. He never... He ha- drinking put him so sick. He was in the hospital like forty-seven times. In yeah, he had a bad heart, and right. ultimately he died. He was forty-seven years old, but he was in the hospital a lot, and ultimately that curbed his drinking. With my mother, she stood up and said, "Enough is enough," right. which I commend her for. But dealing with us, 
we had already dealt with we we had already gone through all that path yeah, of chaos. You kind of understand. Yeah. So I so I think we we again had a jaded eye to my use. Right. You know, and and I think a lot yeah, of families. Had, I had nothing to compare yeah. it to. I didn't right. even know anybody. Yeah. I don't even. Well, maybe one alcoholic, but he killed himself. So I mean, he wasn't in my family. I worked with him. Yeah. And you know, I I can remember thinking, why didn't why does he keep doing that? You know, yeah. he's, he's ruining his life. Why? Yeah. You know, if it were me, I would just stop and move on and try to do something different. I but, remember getting in the car with my mother when I was a kid and going to look for my dad and in bars and stuff. Yeah. Like like what, oh, what yeah. like what we you know what I mean? So so that's that's nothing new. That's a pattern that everyone follows. Well, where I grew up, there weren't any bars, so there was that too. Right. But. Um, no, I, I never saw anybody drunk. Didn't yeah. know anything about it. You know, yeah. and then this happens to my kid, and it was just weird. Yeah. You know, I didn't know what to do, and I really, truly thought I could fix it for but a long you know, the, time. The, the sick thing is, do, do, do you think you're a better person because it happened to her? Yeah, I do. You know, and, and as twisted as that is, that's the reality of, of that's the reality of gratitude. The, yeah, the journey you know? that it yeah. took me on made me definitely a better person. I'm much less judgmental. Yeah. You know, I hope I'm kinder. And, you know, I take care of myself better, too. You know, I have, have realized that, you know, if somebody doesn't want to be helped, let them know you're there and yeah. back off. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do. Like, like Rob was saying, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it's, it's not rocket science. You can tell if somebody wants yes, help or not. You really can. You know, it it depends on how much anguish you want to put yourself through to want to help somebody who doesn't want it. Right. But and you don't realize that for a long time. And I no. can remember thinking, well, she must not love me, or she would stop because she would see how much this is hurting yeah, me. Yeah, doesn't she see how much? Yeah. Uh, what this is? Yeah. And she did see, and I know yeah. it made her feel bad, but. That wasn't enough to make her stop. <laughs> I, remember my, I remember my stepdad, and he, uh, you know, drove up and said, "You're killing your mother," and, yeah. and drove off. I said, "Well, what the hell do you think I'm doing to myself?" Right. You but it, yeah. But you need to think yeah. about your mother first, you know. And the, the hope is that you know a greater love for someone will make you stop. But it doesn't. No. There's nothing. No, you know, and it's funny. Other than it, making that decision, I guess. It's funny. I was having a conversation with somebody about about just that, you know, and he loves his family, and he loves this, and he loves that. I said, yeah, but he just seems to love what he's doing a little bit more yeah. because that ultimately wins out, you know, and, and it always will until well, he starts loving himself. Well, I think you got to love himself. yourself. Yeah, yeah, until he starts loving himself and then and That's the first herself. step. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the way it goes, you know, and, and this, the, the, the sad part is, is some people don't ever get to experience self-love. I know. Yeah. And that is sad. Yeah. <laughs> we got we a dog over here sneezing. We'll take your calls at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. When Ellen and I return on the Miracles and Recovery radio show, we'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent. 
inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the power to change the world. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. are listening to miracles in recovery to reach the program today please call in to 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org now back to this week's show And we're back for the third and final segment of the Miracles in Recovery radio show. And we were talking about, what were we talking about? Me. We've been talking oh, about no. a whole lot we're of stuff. No, we were talking about, we were talking about <laughs> the, the family dynamic yeah. and trying to control it when you can't, yeah. trying to control the disease, trying to control what your your sick loved one is doing because it's frightening. It's scary. It's a scary place to be. It's scary to watch somebody doing that. It's scary. It's just very scary to have that happening, especially I think, well, in my case, it was scary because it was my child because I had no knowledge of the disease at all other than what I'd seen through work. I work in healthcare and I, mm-hmm. I actually worked around rehabs, but I remember the, and <laughs> there was one that I worked at in Houston and the director was an alcoholic. Well, he relapsed while I was there. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, how could he possibly do that? Yeah. And they, they put him in for a 30-day program, and he came out, and they put him right back in his job. And I thought, well, how can they put him back in this job? Yeah. What an example he is. That was my judgmental, you know, no knowledge of any of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that he could do that and humble himself enough to go and, and admit it. Is the place it. still open? Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's part of a big teaching hospital in Houston. There was there was a uh, there was a place up in um, Rhode Island and in Massachusetts uh, that this doctor opened, and I was actually the first 
heroin client through the one in Massachusetts. Oh wow! And uh, because it was set up for it was ultimately set yeah. up for alcohol, alcoholics, and, which and, is mostly what this yeah, place but, saw but, back I mean, then. They, but that they was a long time ago. And I happened to be the first one uh, that walked in, but like millions have followed. Me. Oh yeah! And um, so after. After I, I mean, I, I still know that I still know the doctor's name. I mean, he was an active member of the place, and he would be the guy that would do the intake and all mm-hmm. of that. And ultimately, he relapsed on alcohol and um, didn't go through his program. Went through one of the one of the other programs up there that that are ultimately called. He either went through Edge Hill or Spofford Hall or whatever, and they're ultimately gone. His place is still open. Wow. I don't think he's connected to it anymore. I don't think he ever came back to fully working right. because of the, of that aspect of, you know, why, why am I going to send my son, my, my son or my daughter, my loved one to a place where the dude keeps going out and drinking and <laughs> crashing cars, you know? Um, but the place is still, and this was 35, 36 years ago, and the place is still actively uh, caring for people. people. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this guy, I'm sure he's dead now. This is, gosh, 35, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was not young then. But, you know, I remember going to work one day and I had to go and review their records. And here's Chuck as an inpatient. And so I'm like, what? Oh, he was do- he was Doctor Jones, and then now he's Chuck. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> yeah. He, he wasn't a doctor. Chuck he, he wasn't a oh. doctor. There, there was a nun. It was. It's a Catholic hospital. There was oh, a nun okay. and Chuck. Now the nun, of course, was not an alcoholic, but Chuck was. And you know, I guess he gave, you know, his input a lot. And he was a very he kind man. Was the head man. of the whole hospital, or was he just, yeah, the head just of the? Uh, he was the head of the. He and and sister were the heads of the the rehab portion of. There was it. a lot of back then. There was a lot of um, nuns that were associated with um, rehab. Mm-hmm. She was one of those kind type. but yeah. very stern ladies, yeah. and I'm sure she popped Chuck right in there. <laughs> yeah, took care of him, and then he came out, and he went right back to his position. You know, he was humble, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he was humbled by that experience. But my thought back then was, why did they let him come back? He should have been fired. Blah 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 blah. But yeah. no, 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 that's not the way it works. No, and that's one of the yeah. things that I've learned on my journey is never judge. And you know, if somebody can fall. And get back up. Let yeah. them. Let it doesn't them. Mean, give them a chance. It doesn't mean if if Chuck kept doing it that he would right, right stepping back into that. But you know, I mean, things happen, and and are we that stern that we want to cut someone's head off? For a lot of people are, and you know, that's you know the the tough love aspect of it doesn't work with everybody. It works for some, but not for all. And I think that maybe part of the problem. For the anonymous programs, there's still such an attitude by the old timers of yeah, you got to get tough on them, and you, that doesn't do work do, for everybody. Yeah, but what do you do with a diabetic that eats a cake? You know what I mean? That 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 slips, falls back, and and yeah, eats what a cake what and are you going to do? Sugar? Do, do you throw them out of your practice? No, absolutely not. No, you know. Do you tell him he can't work anymore? No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. You just have to love him up and right. You know, not not say that his actions were okay or their actions were okay, but you don't condemn them for right. Them exactly. If yeah. they're trying to do better and mm-hmm. get better, definitely no condemnation. Yeah. And and I think, I think 
there needs to be an element of toughness, but there's also got to be an element of compassion. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. maybe that's what's missing in some of the, I mean, it certainly was missing in me until yeah. this happened yeah, to me. Zero empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. or happened to, to yeah. my daughter and in turn happened to me. Yeah. You know, and as a mother, you're judged. What did you do mm-hmm. wrong? You must have done something. But it's good to be, but it's good to be able to look back at that individual that was judging Chuck and have gratitude today that you're not her. Right. You know, and there's a, that's, there's a lot of, people out there that still hold on to that judgmental well it's tone. snobbish yeah. i was a snob yeah and, you know i've met so many people on this journey that i would mm-hmm. never have come across yeah and if you know if i had i would have gone the other way yeah you know? right and yeah. and they're wonderful people mm-hmm. they're interesting they, they add another dimension to my life and and I am very grateful that I'm not the I'm not that judgmental snobby woman that I was right. before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there was an element of innocence to it as well. But I'm 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 a better person for well, having walked through this. You didn't this. know any better. I mean, I don't want to no. say you didn't know any better. You probably knew that you you shouldn't be throwing your nose up at people. But I mean, I, I you know, in my in my journey, um, I used that to my advantage. You know what I mean? So the 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 decadent piece of it mm-hmm. on people like you. I, right. I was an emotional terrorist, and 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 that worked for me. You know, because somebody would rather just give me what I wanted and get me out of their way than you know, and look at me and say, "Look at this piece of crap." Right. You know. Um, right. And that's that's a sad unfortunate reality so i guess i'm i guess i'm i'm glad that i um helped a lot of people grow right. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm joking i mean you know the, the 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 first person that i'm grateful for is me you know and the second person is everybody else in my family that embraced what i was trying to do into their lives and have grown in their own different ways for it, you know, and that's what, that's what, it's not about sitting in the facility. It's not about reading the words in a book. It's not about doing all the, um, checking all the boxes. It's about embracing one another right? and, and getting through it. And that's the bottom line. That's we, the important thing. You know, you hear people on TV that, oh, we don't have enough facilities. Oh, we don't have enough you don't need enough facilities. No. You just need a little love. Right. Facilities allows you to take the individual that is giving you a problem and put them out of your way for a little while. That's what a facility does. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a respite. And, yeah. and, you know, unless she ran away, which yeah. she did a lot. So we need more facilities or do we need a little bit more compassion and love? I think we need a little more compassion and love. I do, too. And, and I think that the individuals that are out on the street, sadly, a lot of them have um, – um, you know, the, it, it goes along with 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 mental issues as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully, with your love and with your compassion, they won't feel as rejected. And rejected is re- feeling rejected to somebody who has uh, the incapacity to be able to filter. Right, is the greatest wall you could ever build. That rejection. Well, I've seen a lot, there's a lot of writing about that right now. A lot of articles about, you know, the rejection, the mm-hmm. stigma, 
you know, even I, I was listening to something the other day and they were talking about Rat Park again, you know, the study where the rat that's alone will always hit the cocaine. Yeah. But if you if you put the rat with a whole bunch of other rats and fun stuff to do, they're not, you know, they're not even going to yeah. go anywhere uh-huh. near it because they don't need it. Yeah. And, I, you know, a lot of, I don't know. I don't like to categorize it, but I feel like a lot of the people with the disease have some kind of a, a social fear. Yeah, I mean, you could say yeah, – I wouldn't use the word social misfit because I wasn't socially – No, I, wasn't I think it's just misfit, fearful. But I, I did have apprehension. Right. Yeah, and, and like I even shared at the beginning of the show, I even when I got clean, I was apprehensive of being with my family. So yeah, and I think you know that's one way to medicate that is just get high so you don't care. Yeah, to 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 throw a spike into it, so there's not even a question of why at that point. Right. Or you know, I think a lot of people get started because they do have these social anxieties. Yeah. I don't. I don't even know what you know. That's one of the things that that my daughter told me. You know, she would. She always felt like she was different. She didn't fit in, and this made it better. It goes away. Yeah, yeah, because you don't care. Right. But so but you kind all, of lose all of those. Yeah. I don't know the straitjacket you put on yourself but saying I'm not crazy good enough. When, isn't it crazy when you? I mean, I or somebody could look at my span and say, "Where did this guy think that he didn't fit in?" Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like, I know, I know. like with them. Where, where did she think she didn't fit in? It's, yeah, it's, she was popular. Yeah. She had tons of friends. She but, was a cheerleader. She was playing soccer. But it was the reality. But, you know, she yeah. didn't feel yeah. the same as everybody else. She didn't feel good enough ever. And that's and that's where the, the um, you know, the mental breakdown, you know what I mean? The spiritual, spiritual breakdown, the physical breakdown, and the mental breakdown. And the mental breakdown sometimes takes longer. To physically, I, physically, I was okay in a week. Right. Mentally and spiritually, oh, yeah. I was, you know, spiritually, I was broken a for a long time. But mentally, I was broken. And that's all I had to hang my hat on was what was in my mind because that was what was real. Mm-hmm. Whether it was my reality, I mean, whether it was real or not, it was my reality. You know, if I was telling you that dogs were talking to me, and I believed it. That's my reality. That's your reality, whether yeah. it's true or not. Well, I, th- I think, you know, there, there's the, the whole giant ego with the inferiority complex. Mm-hmm. You know, that they, they say a lot of a lot of addicts, you can char- characterize them that way. You've got yeah. a giant ego, but then there's the inferiority complex, and they clash. Well, like, like I've said many times on, on the air, you know, I, I suffer from a disease that one day I'm better than. And the next day, I'm less than. Yeah. So you know, and, and how do you how do you find a happy medium in there? And I, I think what it is 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 time and compassion allows you to be able to filter through a level. I mean, because even right now, I could even right now I could smack myself right up into superiority. Mm-hmm. Just in my mind, jokingly, when I said we were talking about me. I could have taken that and ran with it in my mind to be better than everybody and anybody that, that I'm talking to in the room, fully knowing at that point that I feel less than, and that's why I'm doing it. Right. And I think that's, that's part of the problem. Yeah. Well, gratefully, I don't have to suffer from that today. I'm, I'm fortunate. And with that, 
with Miracles in Recovery. Hope is in your corner. That it is. Stay blessed, my friends. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.